0: Welcome everybody. My name is Pav Bryan. I'm performance director and co-founder here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke to the Cycling and Triathlon Training Podcast. I am delighted to be joined by a guest today who is uh, someone who I have admired for many years and I have no doubt that uh, all of you uh, have, uh, who have listened to his books or read his books uh, would have admired too. Uh, Mr. Sean Conway, how are you?
1: good afternoon evening morning whatever time of day it is there
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely morning here right now uh, obviously and uh, uh but uh, listeners will uh, uh will be listed sort of uh, whatever time of day they, they they get around to doing it so uh Sean, for for the people who aren't too sure who you are, and to be honest, if you're if the pe- the people listening to this podcast probably know who you are because we've uh, we've got a lot of fans from from the podcast we've done with, uh, with Mark Beaumont and, uh, and and Dean Stott who have done similar crazy or crazy epic challenges. Uh, Sean, can you give us uh, a couple of minutes to just who you are and uh, and why you're here?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I. Ooh, well, I don't know what I am really. <laughs> I, I I sort of dubbed myself as a an endurance adventurer, only because in the UK people kind of understand if you say, "Oh, I'm an adventurer," kind of people go, "Oh, well, I kind of know what that means." You know, it, it's it's what I guess I would have been called an explorer two hundred years ago, but nowadays no one's really a proper explorer for the most part anyway. So I think the sort of the word adventurer gets thrown around as a, as a, as a sort of a more realistic thing now. Um, but actually the the truth is I'm probably a non-professional sports person is probably actually what I am. And what does that mean? That basically means I have to sort of think or come up with my own, uh, events or races or records or find other, events or records to try and break which are usually are all in the non-professional sporting world uh, in the world of endurance uh and then go and, and go and break them basically so that's what i've spent the last decade doing is trying to kind of either break someone else's record or or, or think of my own records to set or or, or create so uh, yeah that's that's been the that's the gist of it i guess
0: <laughs> fantastic and uh, how many records do you have right now Oh well, none anymore. They all—they've all been broken. Oh, really, that's crazy. That's <laughs> well, okay. So, how many? How many have you had over the years? Because if just to give the listeners, if you want some more information, check out seanwhatconway.com Because it's a—it's uh, uh, the, the successes uh, part of the adventure tab is quite impressive, Sean.
1: Yeah. So I mean, so three. Ooh, so ten years ago, I came up with this concept of trying to get the three Fs of endurance a world record as a, a world's first, a world's furthest, and a world's fastest. Um, and, and I wanted to get a world record in each of those categories, and, and proper ones, you know, like real significant ones. So um, I, I eventually, only last year, managed to get finally uh, a, a record in each of those categories. So my world's first was, uh, I became the first person to swim the length of Britain in 2013. 900 mile swim. Um, so that was the, the sort of the first step. Then I went off and, and did the, the furthest, which was the world's longest triathlon uh, at 4,200 miles. And that's basically broken down into the same percentages as a normal triathlon. So obviously it was a 120 mile swim, a 3,500 mile bike ride and 820 odd or 850 odd run. Um, and actually, I think I still own that. I still have that record, actually. There's an Australian guy I'm helping out at the moment who's, who's going to, he's looking to, to break that in Australia uh, early next year, which is super exciting. Um, and then the the world's fastest, I always wanted that to be on the bicycle. And I've, I failed many times on that one. And eventually last year, I got the, the across Europe cycling world record um, as an unsupported Attempt, Even though Guinness don't differentiate it and someone broke my record two weeks after me, but he had a full support crew. So I guess technically I still kind of have the unsupported across Europe cycling world record, which is which is pretty cool
0: i would agree i think we can give you give you that one uh, <laughs> it's something that obviously um we discussed quite at length with uh, mark mm-hmm. beaumont about his uh, uh, around the world because there's a uh, uh, various different sort of records that you could claim for that isn't there um and something that you've uh, you've been an, or, or sort of done it was uh, it's not it didn't end too well for you did it uh, your round the world race
1: yeah, I I was sort of when when Mark sort of reignited the 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 excitement of the whole idea of around the world record back in 2008, you know, that got everyone, including me super excited about the idea of actually breaking a record. Like I hadn't even thought of it like it just was weird like that. And not many people had and then he did it. And everyone was like, No way, that's totally achievable, because he only did 100 miles a day. So the record, sort of every year, one or two people took the record off him and eventually, sort of four years later, 2012 came around and I was looking to get it sort of around 100 days, you know. His record was 197, so already in, in, in five year, four years, it had gone down to 100 107, I think. It uh, might have been 127. Guinness changed the rules uh, in 2012 to... which is a better rule they they got rid of the the idea that you can stop the clock at transit so at airports and things you can stop the clock and they got rid of that rule which is good I, i think it was a a terrible rule anyway um so yeah but basically i was trying to do it in 100 days and i i was just i was probably i was on target for the 100 days i think um just about and then in america unfortunately i got run over and that ended my world record attempt so um yeah, which is gutting, really, because I was just, you know, everything was going so well. And then just a careless chap on his mobile phone and speeding just wasn't looking, you know. Um, and that was hard. That was tough. You know, that was really tough to, to, to sort of manage mentally. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. And uh, I, I imagine we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in a moment in, in terms of how, how you get over that. But listeners, uh, just to... Uh, of course, you know, listeners, you'll know that uh, we're talking about how to become an adventurer today with Sean, and we're going to go through uh, what that looks like and how to get started. Uh, we're going to we're going to talk about the the probably the biggest one here would be the 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 motivation and the the sort of how you push past the the low points uh, either in the in the crazy training regime or the the actual event itself, which can be uh, can be quite tough. Uh, we're going to get some top tips and talk about kit and what you might need there, and then also set a challenge at the end uh, for all of you listeners to uh, to see if there's uh, can get you started on on this on this road. Uh, but but back to you, Sean. Um, where did it all begin for you? So it all
1: started in 2011. Well, actually, it started in 2009 when I did the Gloucestershire cheese rolling. Now, if anyone has not seen this, I urge you to look it up on YouTube. But basically, it's a 200-year-old tradition in Gloucestershire where people run or fall down this basically vertical hill uh, chasing some cheese. Um, and I got a sort of a massive bump on the head on that. And I sort of woke up at the bottom of the hill covered in sort of cow dung and mud. And, and I just thought, what am I doing with my life? You know, like all I was doing. So at the time, I... I uh, I was a school portrait photographer. And I remember 10 years prior to that thinking, oh, as a photographer, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to be this amazing National Geographic photographer. And instead, I just kind of chose the money, you know, and I chose gigs that paid well and and school portraits paid well, you know. Um, So basically, a school portrait photographer goes into a school every year, takes photographs of all the kids and then sells them to the parents. And the parents spend a lot of money on those. And it was it was good, you know, business was good. But creatively and and sort of mindset, I was just miserable. I was just doing the same photos over and over again, you know, 10,000 kids a year, the same photo. And I could do it on autopilot. So I remember sort of having this bump in the head and I just I had this epiphany. I was like, w- I just can't do this. And then I sort of nearly, I nearly quit, but just just kind of didn't have the the courage to quit. And then the years kind of carried on rolling by. And then in 2011, I turned 30. And I think that was just the the clincher. I was just like, right, this is it. Like, I'm still nowhere, nowhere different, you know. I thought back in 2009, when I chased the cheese, I thought, right, I will, I'll make a change. You know, I'll, I'll try and do more creative jobs. And it just didn't happen, you know, and I just wasn't strong enough. Um, so in 2011, I just packed it all in. So I sold my shares in my company for one pound and wanted to go traveling, but didn't really have any money to go traveling because, you know, when you earn a lot, you take out big loans and you have a big payments on your monthly payments on your fancy car and blah, 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 blah. So once I'd sort of paid all those off, I had no money. So I kind of thought, well, actually, I wonder if I sort of break some sort of world record in the world of travel maybe I'll get some sort of sponsorship, you know, (laughs) I'd seen people climb Everest and row the Atlantic and, you know, they seem to have all these logos on them. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe that'll, that could be the way I could get someone else to pay for my travels. And, and that was it, basically. That's kind of how
0: it all started. And then that round the world bike ride was the first thing. Fantastic. So listeners, what we're saying is if you are at a, uh, I guess, a crossroads in your life and you're unsure what to do, chase the cheese might be the way to to, to figure it out. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy.
1: I get a little mini baby bell, which is a tiny thing of cheese and roll it down the garden in a, one of those <laughs> 10 years
0: ago now. <laughs> Fantastic. And, 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 and am I right in saying that you actually still have some injuries from, from that day? Do you?
1: Oh, yeah. So I dislocated my left shoulder. Um, and to this day, it still hurts. But it's quite good, actually. My shoulder dislocation and my compression fracture from when I got run over in America in my spine, when those two, when I can feel them, it means I'm not fit enough and I need to go and work on my strength. So it's actually quite a nice sort of like measuring you know, if, if I wake up one day and my shoulders sore, I'm like, right, that's it. I need to actually go and go to the gym and do a bit more work.
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic. Helpful. Yeah, no, that's, the, yeah, it's good to be, good to be mindful. Um, I guess my next question is, uh, you kind of sort of answered, uh, uh, but what, why bother? What What's the driving most motiva- motivator? I mean, uh, without, without obviously asking too much, you, you mentioned finances, but um I mean, surely now you're, you're still you're still breaking records. Your your website is just a, a list of achievements. It's a crazy, really impressive list. Uh, uh, why keep doing them? So when I sort of did the round the world cycle and didn't go to plan, I got run over in America. I
1: still carried on, and I, I sort of my new focus became a charity focus. So I sort of was raising money for charity, and and I got back from that round the world. And actually, I had all intentions of just getting back into normal life, you know, in inverted commas, as in employed life, you know, where I would just go and do a job, um, you know, a job that I enjoyed. Of course, I still wanted to do that. So, I, you know, I spent a year trying to look for charity work because I really enjoyed the charity sector. I, I preferred the charity sector to the private sector. I tried bike shops. You know, there was some really good social enterprise bike shops which would get, you know, underprivileged kids into the cycling industry and teach them how to become a mechanic. And I was looking into those. And so, you know, I did that for a year, but I just was getting nowhere. You know, I was getting no interviews. I was putting sending my CV out to loads of places. But then at the same time, people were sort of emailing me saying, oh, you cycled around the world and you overcome that accident. that accident. How did you carry on, you know, uh, can we, you know, can you come and talk at our our, our conference, our end-of-year conference, you know? And I was like, oh, well, that's quite exciting. And then someone said, oh, are you going to write a book about it? We'd love to read it. So I said, oh, okay, well, I did that. And then people bought the book. And I was like, well, that got exciting. And then I suddenly looked back and I suddenly realized, actually, it turns out I'm kind of good at being cold, wet, miserable, hungry, and tired, you know? I, I seem to have a talent of being able to, to, to be those things and not being too, you know, miserable about it. I don't get me wrong. Most of the time I am miserable, but it's a, I, I sort of can cope with it. So I thought, well, maybe I should just do another one. You know, I'm not getting any work in the normal world. You know, no one's replying to my CVs and, and all that. So that's when I thought of doing another challenge. And, and then also with this big goal of the three Fs, you know, the three Fs of endurance, that was always there. Uh, Even though I was kind of thinking initially, I'll just do it in my spare time. And I just love the idea of it. But actually, if I'm honest, I didn't really have any clue on how to actually make it happen. Um, And then, yeah, in 2013, a year after uh, I got back from the the round-the-world cycle, is when I thought of swimming the length of Britain um, and did that. And that was sort of tough. You know, that was really everyone... Truly believed that that was an impossible thing, completely impossible. Nine hundred mile coastal swim, um, trying to do it in, in a season before the, the winter comes in and all that, you know. Um, but yeah, luckily, I, I sort of, I, I really knew it was possible. I just like nothing suggested it was impossible, um, and and luckily, yeah, I, four and a half months later, I got to the end and yeah, proved to myself I could do it and everyone else that it was actually possible. Fantastic. Is that, was
0: that the hardest one that you've done then?
1: Um, they're all hard because I, I, I purposefully sort of up my game every time, if you know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I have to say that one because when you do a world first that people really have never even done anything similar. You know, there's a guy, a French guy, Ben Lecomte, he kind of swam the, the Atlantic, way back but he kind of drifted at night and then there's martin stroll who swam the amazon which is a river swim and river swims although they're super adventurous you know you you kind of don't have to swim i, I mean i everyone's going to hate me for saying that but you can you could float the whole of a river swim and not actually not actually take one stroke right um but the amazon you've you've got piranhas and martin stroll isn't <laughs> They, they kind of said, oh, w- w- what happens when the piranhas come? And he said, oh, it's easy. I have a bucket of blood, and we throw the blood on the other side of the boat. <laughs>
0: <Whoa>. <laughs> you know,
1: I mean, check him out, Martin Strahl. He's absolutely yeah. amazing. So anyway, to do a coastal swim, that's tidal. You know, so you've got tides where you can't swim against, you know, and, and all these logistics. It was just no one to ask for advice on that, you know. And, and you know, nowadays for the, there's a lot of stuff. You, there's usually one or two people you can ask, you know, if you want to climb Everest, there's loads of people. If you want to go to the South Pole, you can you at least get advice from certain people. Whereas that one just really, no, there was just no one. You know, I was just trying to look at weather charts and tidal maps myself. I tried to put some, you know, I try to ask some sail sailing crowd and some open water swimmers, but because they didn't think it was possible, they kind of thought they're wasting their time, really. Um, so I think in the, in the long run, it looking back at the time it was definitely the hardest and it's probably the one that I respect the most because the sea is super unforgiving and just being cold for four and a half months and wet cold is just miserable you know really it's it's not fun so um yeah I think I think that one that's the one I'll probably be sitting in the old age home going oh, you know once uh, I swam yeah. not miles <laughs>
0: absolutely absolutely and uh just quickly before we move on to uh sort of the mentality that you've mentioned um best and or well, most favorite and least favorite
1: uh of challenges uh, uh, yes um well they they're they're all my least favorite while i'm doing them but no. without them. literally when i'm doing when i'm doing these records i hate it i literally hate every single day i i don't want to get up i'm tired i'm you know, in such in such sort of sleep deprivation and long-term fatigue, I hate them. Uh, and then, equally, a year later, I look back and actually go, "Oh, actually, that was all right." So I, I then start to love them. But it usually takes me about a year, really, to to get over the trauma. I guess.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and you mention it there that that while you're while you're you're, you're in the middle of the challenges, uh, very fatigued, sleep deprived, uh, obviously very low. And uh, how do you keep going? So I'm, I'm quite practical. I'm, I've, I'm very sort of
1: analytical in, 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 all my, in all the areas that I need to be. So I have what I call the five pistons of endurance, which is food, water, sleep, muscle management, and mindset. Um, I, I need to m- make sure all those five pistons are really firing. So in food, there's another, there's three corners of the food pie, which is energy, recovery, and health. You know, I need to make sure I'm getting a good, the right amount of all those sort of things. Um, within within water, you know, I need to think about my salt intake and my hydration. If you have, because I'm self-supported, if you carry too much water, it slows you down. If you carry too little, you're dehydrated. And The uh, muscle management is just trying to get in cold rivers and streams and, you know, stuff like that and stretching and and all that sort of thing. Um, And sleep again, you know, self-supported, too much sleep and you fall too far behind the record, too little sleep and you don't recover enough. Uh, And then and then mindset, which, you know, there's certain things you can do to get your mindset up, which is I call them carrots. I dangle carrots in front of me, um, which could be, for example, raising money for charity. You know, so whenever I'm thinking of giving up, I always think, oh, but, you know, the charity's going to lose out on this. Um, you know, I think about trying to be a good role model for my son. Um, I try and think about actually I love writing. I love writing my my books. And actually, if I don't finish, I don't get the pleasure of actually putting the story on paper which that I just love that process you know so I dangle all these carrots and if, if even after all that I'm still feeling pretty down um, I listen to audiobooks, books uh, and that sort of thing but actually usually my mindset's good if, if the other four pistons are firing so food water sleep and muscle management are all kind of sorted then usually my mind sets up if I'm still behind the record even those uh, even though those are all firing, then it's usually because the weather's turned against me, really, and there's not much you can really do about that. You just kind of got to slog it out. Right?
0: Absolutely. And so, are, are there ever any thoughts about quitting?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never, I never think about actioning them. However, the concept, you know, every day is just like, oh my gosh, do I really have to carry on? And especially, you know, once you know now I don't really have much to prove to myself anymore I kind of know you know I've far superseded any expectation that I have of myself you know I've I've I've, I've you know done th- things <laughs> that I never dreamt I was capable of you know as a, a tiny little ginger kid at school was terrible at sport um you know I never dreamed I could do it so I've got nothing to prove to myself but I just, I, I guess I'm just driven to, to, I just, I like winning. I think, I think that's what it is, you know. I just want to win, and that's why I like these records, you know. I, I like, I, I like training hard. I like training 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Um, I, I like when I train well. I eat well. When I eat well, I feel well. I like having that purpose. That getting out of bed. I like being able to share my story with kids and, and motivate them. I like. You know, so I, I just love everything around it, but then when I'm actually doing it, I'm I, I hate it. <laughs> <But they're> like, <laughs>
0: my- Fantastic. You and I are both the same there. We're going to talk about a challenge that we both did at the moment, but it's actually quite nice to hear you say that because I can relate, uh, obviously, quite a lot to that. And uh, but we had Dean Stott on. Dean, obviously, the former. Uh, uh, special forces uh, guy who rode the Pan American Highway in in a hundred days or whatever it was, and, uh, and and broke two world records doing that. And I asked him the same question, and he was like, no, <laughs> like flat, flat, no, never thought about quitting. And I guess that's that mentality that they instill upon you when you uh, when you go through that kind of uh, uh, forces uh, training. But but you and I, yeah, I I definitely I, I'm definitely exactly the same as you. So my my obviously ultra or uh, my adventure career is very much in its infancy but you and I have both done Route 66 and both of us didn't finish it Um, tell us a little bit about your experience yes so Route 66
1: was one of my three F's I was trying to get a, a fastest world record you know the fastest person to cycle Route 66 and actually that coincided nicely with the 2016 Route 66 bike race which was put on um, and there was 35 of us all starting from, uh, from Chicago and in the mix was one of the best in the world, JP Teveri, um, you know, phenomenal guy, you know, and he's in his mid forties and he's still smashing it. You know, it's, it's he's super inspiring. Um, and this was a short race, you know, this, this was super short for me. It was a sprint. I'm not a sprinter, 2000 miles, you know, that was going to be a real different type of ride for me. Um, but I was up for it. I'd just come off the longest triathlon record. Um, so I was feeling fit. And yeah, it was exciting. I'd never been in that sort of real sprinting, sprinting, bike packing race before, you know, where, you know, I did like 400 miles in the first block of 28 hours, I had a 25 minute nap. And and then while Jay and Jesse were, were sort of sleeping and getting a coffee, I overtook them and then I was in the lead and then Jesse called me and we cycled together and then Jay caught us and then they shot off and I had another nap and then they had a nap and I overtook their art. Oh, it was super exciting, man. Um, and I was getting well into it and I kind of thought, oh, maybe these sort of short races could be my thing, you know? Um, and then unfortunately on day four, I'm, I'm right leg dominant. I, I broke I broke my left leg as a kid, Um, so I've just become right leg dominant through habit. So now the muscle memory is there, which means, you know, little things like when I get off the sofa, when I get out the car, when I sit up from, you know, stand up from sitting down, I always push off my right leg, and it makes me use my right leg more. So when I was, as I hit Missouri, and it was loads of traffic lights and loads of hills, I was just grinding it out. I kept a, a stupidly low cadence of like. I think it was like 70, you know, it was way too low, really. Uh, And I just pulled the tendon between my quad and my knee on my right leg. And yeah, and then I tried to carry on. But, you know, uh, my mileage went way down and I kept dropping places. And eventually I just thought, oh, you know, I'm going to have to pull out of that one. So I had to cycle with one leg to Amarillo Airport and um, and then fly home, which was pretty depressing, you know.
0: But uh, what I like about your your website, though, is every one of your um, uh, the, the, the uh, hiccups that you have, uh, you you've put like a little bit of what you've learned from every single one. I think that's a really good outlook on that. Is that it's uh, uh, it's not really a it's not it's not a failure. It's not a not a loss at all because you've you've learned something from it, and obviously it's it's strengthened you and uh, and you've come back even stronger. My experience of Route 60 is very much the same, actually. I mean, obviously, it wasn't a race, and I did it the opposite direction. But I got uh, I, I I got uh, about four fifths of the four fifths of the way in, and uh, and had a similar problem with my leg and had to pull out. But uh, uh, yeah, I can I can totally uh, emphasize with how how that kind of uh, it, it is tricky, but the right decision at the time. Um, let's let's talk about some tips uh, for for newbies uh, listeners that are uh, who are considering starting off as an adventurer. What would your top five tips be for these people?
1: So well when you so as an adventurer so what they want to, they want to sort of do this full time or they just want to go off and and, and do something.
0: So this will be for the people that are just starting and are probably going to do like a smallish little like maybe bikepacking tour or like something on their own. Maybe not quite a, a record or and not something as crazy as uh, cycling around the world or anything like that. But, but maybe for people who are just, uh, just sort of maybe doing a jog or something like that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if anyone has a big idea, the first thing is, is I tell everyone you know, so I, I, I dangle these carrots, you know, I mentioned them earlier, start dangling the carrots, tell your mates, create the Facebook group, get the website, you know, phone a charity and tell them you're going to raise money for them. You know, you know, tell that girl or boy you're trying to impress at the office, you know, because <laughs> um, I, I feel the more people you tell, the more positive energy you'll get from them. And, and you know, they're going to support you and then you'll get super excited about it. Whereas, I think if you don't tell people you're almost giving yourself a reason not to actually not to commit to it you know so I always say just commit you know commit to it tell your mates buy the website and get on it and then from there you need to then depending on your discipline start actually training you know yes there's a lot of things where you don't need to train if you did the jog you could most certainly do the jog without training however you'd you'd kick yourself if you got injured because you didn't train enough, you know, you've put all this effort into it. And for the most part, you know, people who, who get injured, you know, it's, it's, you just, you can't carry on. And then especially if you've got a time frame, you know, because some people might only have, you know, 10 days off work. And if you get injured, it may mean you could still finish, but actually you may not be able to do it in the time frame, you know. Um, so, yeah, start training. And when you train initially, just don't overthink it. You know, do pub runs or or, or, or cafe rides or whatever, and, and do it with mates, and and don't wear a don't wear a heart rate monitor, and don't monitor your speed and averages and all that malarkey, and don't even straddle it. You know, just do it for the fun of it, um, and that for me is, is super important because then you'll start enjoying it, and then and then by the time you've you're sort of getting naturally fitter, and you can start thinking about a training program. Um, you would have kind of really enjoyed it, you know, and you would have not burnt out too, too early on. Cause often, you know, you go, right, I want to cycle the jog. I'm going to have to have this epic training program. And then three months later, you're so miserable from having to do all these miles. You, uh, you kind of fall out of love with it. So that, that'd be a shame really. Um, and then, yeah. And then just ask people for advice, find people who've done it. There'll be loads of people who, who would have done something similar. Um, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and, and that's kind of it, really. Just kind of commit and go for it and don't overthink it, you know, and and train hard. And, you know, once you kind of get those foundations done, you'll find actually you've done the hardest part, you know.
0: Fantastic. And uh, what what's your training like? What's, your, what's like a, a, a typical week maybe look like for you, Sean?
1: So it varies. It varies. So I do sort of – I do month month blocks. So I do a month easy, a month medium, and a month hard. Um and, and then and then I'll probably take a month, yeah, super easy again, but then the second easy month is harder than the first easy month, so it staggers itself. Uh, so, um, so so I'm running at the moment. So for example, I did a you know I did a hard month back in October. so I'm kind of now in, in an easy month uh, or a medium month at the moment. Um, and that was, Whew, what did I run? I was doing pretty much s- s- eight hours a day running
0: wow.
1: for every day, pretty much for the whole month. Um, I had a couple of short days when I wasn't feeling well. I uh, twinged an ankle, um, but yeah, that that's heavy. You know, that's you're looking at six, six, 50, 60 hours a week, really, inc- if you include your stretching and your yoga and and th- and that sort of stuff. Um, so that's a super hard, super hard month. But within that, I, I don't really do too much technical stuff. I sort of train it at heart rate zone two, pretty low, 140 beats per minute. And I just do the hours. You know, for me, it's all about the hours. I might do a few home hit sessions with my wife. She likes to do, surprisingly, the uh, Joe Wicks, the body coach, his YouTube videos because he keeps taking off his shirt. Um uh, <laughs> to do those and and i do them because it's fun they don't really i feel they don't really have a massive effect on 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 my performance hugely i mean of course they will there'll be a little bit of a bonus on cardio but actually i just need to do the hours you know i just need to do long hours you know get the muscle memory in there build up the slow twitch fibers um get get endurance fit you know because within training you know there's three types of training uh in endurance power and injury avoidance um and at the moment i'm I'm not too bothered on the power i don't need much power at the moment so i'm focusing mainly on endurance and injury avoidance training and for me that's just just hours you know there's no shortcuts unfortunately for for the long
0: stuff you know absolutely um thank you for that insight and uh, let's talk a little bit about what people might need uh in terms of kit either that is what they're wearing or uh maybe what they're packing onto their bikes as they as they head off into the, the wilderness what would you recommend or people to look at
1: <laughs> i am the least techie guy in the world <laughs> i have to remember to like wear a heart rate monitor and, and a watch um yeah, I I I train on perception of effort for the most part, and I try and just run on feeling and and cycle on feeling. Don't get me wrong, sometimes I like to analyze it just to, for interest's sake, um, and I'll, I'll sort of I might record you know wear a heart rate monitor and record it and look at it later. I don't kind of watch it while I'm while I'm exercising. Um, but but kit wise i'm super i i'm a big fan of lightweight stuff i just i i limit everything i cut my toothbrush in half and and you know i'm i'm bunging bunging a stuff sack under my under my saddle rather than actually having a proper saddle bag you know because that saves probably 150 grams probably 250 if it's raining um and, and just go super lightweight. Because, you know, for the, for the most part, when I go out on the on the bike, I'm, I'm doing multi-day things. Um, except if I go on a little training run, then I'll just, you know, I'll take nothing pretty much except some, some uh, spare tubes and things. Um, but, yeah, lightweight bivvy, usually lightweight sleeping bag. Uh, a couple of spare spokes, all the spares I need. Uh, I have a dynamo on the front, so I actually don't need much. Uh, to power I can I can just go I don't have to stop at cafes to charge my phone the dynamo charges well powers my front light and charges my phone through a voltage regulator and through a solar battery bank um, so I, I use a solar battery bank within my dynamo setup because it, solar battery banks can accept a variable voltage so sometimes you'll have a dynamo through a regulator into a battery bank but it'll be very hit and miss because as soon as your voltage drops, below five volts usually the battery bank will just have a cutoff switch and actually it won't then cut back on unless you unplug it and plug it back in it's super annoying whereas solar ones do that so i carry that with me um and then clothing wise i just kind of just whatever's hit the front of my cupboard you know and sometimes if that's a button-up shirt i'll just take a button-up shirt I'm a, bit, a bit lazy awesome. when it comes to that to be honest um i'm you know again you know i'm Sometimes I'm, I am an, at super analytical. If I'm going for the record, then, of course, I'll be very weight conscious. Um, but if I'm going on a training run, a training ride, I, I won't be weight conscious at all because, actually, if I'm running a bit heavier, it's, it's good for training anyway. As long as it's not too heavy because um, uh, that will potentially change your technique and your style, especially with running, if you're running with a weighted pack. You really want to keep that pack way below 10 percent of your body weight, you know, um, until you get to a strength where your your arches and your knees and your hips can cope with it. Um, But certainly initially you don't want to over, over, over push it, you know.
0: Fantastic! Thank you for that advice. And uh, uh, moving on now, and we're uh, listeners, uh, as you'll be very well aware. Uh, every uh, episode of Bespoke, we like to challenge you um, to to do something on topic. And uh, so today, uh, we, we're inviting Sean to to set a, a challenge. Did you Did you have time to think about it since we emailed? <laughs> uh,
1: well, I have so many ideas. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Do you- well, in the UK, most, what I quite like is it's called extreme twinning and actually a friend of mine, Tobias Muse, uh, who's a pretty good ultra runner, he, he, I, it's his credit, this thing, but I love the idea of it. So the town you live in will be twinned with a town in Europe somewhere. Um, so you, all you do is you've got to get from your town uh, to the town that you're twinned with. It's extreme twinning. so. I live in Coniston in the Lake District, and we are twinned with actually two towns—one in France, one in Belgium. Uh, and one day I'm going to go and get from here to there, probably probably by cycling, but actually, a run would be quite fun, um, or walking or whatever. But yeah, cycling is probably the easiest because you could probably, you know, you can pretty much get across Europe from the UK in a week, really. So you could, you know, you don't have to take months off work to do that one. But yeah, extreme twinning. In America, do they have the twinning idea in America? Probably not. The no, other thing I did recently, pointless, is whatever name you have, find things that are relevant to your name and go there. So my name's my surname's Conway. Uh, so I recently ran from Conway Castle in Wales to Castle Conway in Ireland. Uh, and that was 260 miles. So you could do a, a name challenge as well if you don't have the twinning one um i want to do that in america actually there's nine towns in america called conway so one day i'm going to travel between one of them but uh,
0: fantastic and i look forward to listening to that book too um uh, listeners so there's our challenge we've got uh, two, two options here uh you can either start to plan and we're not going to say that in in the week leading out from this that the release of this that you're going to have time to do it but let's let's say anyone interested uh Post a uh, picture or a a rough plan of uh, your hometown or something related to your name and a plan for riding or running or commuting in some. Uh, Human powered uh, manner uh, between where you are and and uh, 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 where that is, and we'll we'll see you in the uh, Facebook support group, the Spokes Performance Training Advice, and uh, uh, we'll maybe give away a, a training plan or some sort of uh, consultation with one of our coaches uh, for the, the for the best plan there. I'm sure we're going to get some interesting ones, especially with the the one related to people's names, Sean. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what what's next for you? Fatherhood is
1: next for me. Uh, I've got a five-month-old son, so uh, that's keeping me pretty busy. But uh, in the world of adventure, next year I'm doing uh, the biggest challenge I've ever done and will ever do. It's top secret, of course, (laughs) (laughs) but it's gonna be long as well. So this one is gonna take me between eight and 10 months to complete. And that's continuous, that's away from home, from eight to ten months which my wife is not too excited about if I'm honest <laughs> uh, but uh, and, and it's unfortunately she can't even come and join me with our son because it's uh, too dangerous oh wow um, which is a bit annoying um, which is a shame really they might be able to come in the beginning and the end um, but yeah so that's yeah it's gonna be tough being away from uh, my, my family for that long but I've had this project I've been trying to get it off the ground for about six years, really, with all the various logistics and things like that. And finally, it's kind of all all come together now. So, uh, my wife is is super supportive about it, um, but it's it's going to be tough physically, mentally, everything. But yeah,
0: 20th of June next year is when I. When I depart, so watch the space. 20th of June. That's incredible because that's the day I actually, uh, I, I we, my wife and I have our wedding. Um, <laughs> so I will, no. I'll be thinking of you uh, while I'm saying my vows. Um, <laughs> uh, and and I'm quite sure within the next few months, I'm sure my wife will be sending me off somewhere for eight to ten months, and she won't, <laughs> she won't need to be visiting me. She'll be, uh, she'll be sick of me. But uh, thank you, Sean. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, getting to know you more. Um, we wish you best uh, if uh, if our listeners want to find out more um they obviously could visit uh seanconway.com but uh you've got a number of uh, books and audio books uh which ones do you recommend they check out
1: <laughs> all of them,
0: all uh, of them yeah
1: <laughs> no i'm super proud of all of them to be honest you know the um they all were such big important parts of my my life and my journey and building my confidence and you know, so equal, each one's, you know, has its own unique story. Um, it depends what you're like. You know, I've got a, a swimming book, two cycling books and a running book. So depending which one you're into. I uh, ah, three three cycling books. Oh, I forgot about the other one, the first one I did 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so three cycling books, one swimming book, one running book. Um, so, yeah, depends
0: what you're into. Fantastic, Sean. Thank you so much for, for, for donating some of your time to be spoked
1: thank you for having me it's, it's a real honor to, to be invited thank you so much
0: oh no you're welcome and uh, no doubt we'll, uh, we'll we'll hear more from you at, at a later date we'd love to get you back on and maybe explore uh exploring uh, a bit more and uh, we can talk to the listeners maybe do some, uh, some more around that and uh, uh, especially maybe do one just before or just after you've announced your your next crazy uh, crazy epic challenge listeners thank you very much as usual if you've enjoyed the podcast uh, please make sure you do subscribe if you haven't already uh, leave us a review and and share with your friends um as we've been saying and we always say if there's any uh, anything extra that you uh, want to, to to ask sean uh jump into our facebook group and uh and we'll uh we'll we'll put a post together for for maybe a future interview and you can also take part of our challenge a reminder that is uh spokes performance training advice group uh thank you everybody uh, appreciate you listening my name is Pav brian I'm performance director and co-founder here at spokes and you have been listening to Spoked Thank <laughs> you.